This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. All right, my friends, what's up? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. The last podcast episode of this week, and we are doing our Fast Track Friday episode today. That's where I look back at all the different questions that were asked this week and go over a strategy that's been helping my students and has definitely worked for myself in the past. So this week on the podcast, we had a lot of really great conversations. We talked about bebop scales. We talked about analyzing chord changes to construct solos. We talked about how much we need to practice to get great at jazz. We asked the question, did jazz greats use music theory? Was that an important part of their musical development? And within all these episodes, I mentioned this idea of music theory and scales and constructs as being only one element of creating great solos. You know, and one of the shortcomings of music theory and scales and so on and so forth is the patternistic and linear approach to them and the left brain analytical thinking side. And we've talked about in past weeks here on the podcast, this problem of connecting organic ideas and how do we get from playing licks and solos and scales to actually creating great melodic ideas. So I want to talk about an exercise that I frequently mention to our inner circle members. And certainly it's been covered before over the years here in the podcast. This exercise is really geared towards helping you become more of a melodic player and to exercise the melodic part of your brain so that you're not improvising scales, right? You're not thinking about music theory so much. You're not even thinking about playing regurgitated licks. You're really just trying to create melodies, right? That's the ultimate goal here. When we listen to the best jazz musicians in the world, that's really what they're doing. So the exercise I'd like to propose for you to add into your practice routine now and then, or, or even frequently, is the concept of playing free. Okay, so what does playing free mean? I don't necessarily mean free jazz and all that that possibly could mean. I don't necessarily even mean avant-garde, right? Sometimes when we think about playing free, especially in the context of free jazz, it's this idea of avant-garde, and that's definitely not what I'm talking about. Um, and I'll show you in a second how this exercise goes. It's quite simple. But the idea here is that we just start playing without the construct of chords, chord progressions, even key centers if you don't want to. And certainly we don't need to worry too much about time at all. And it's really just allowing yourself to follow your ear and your intuition. 
So, for example, I could just start playing something. allowing my ear to lead the way okay um more so than i'm allowing muscle memory to lead the way i'm allowing myself to play ideas and respond to them so for example i might play this note and then i'll play another 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 note Now, that was a very simple linear melody where I was essentially ascending in pitch in stepwise motions. Very simple, right? I wasn't playing a scale there. I was simply allowing my ear to lead the way. So sometimes I was playing a note, right? And I just simply go, where does my ear want to go next? And when we're playing free, that's the kind of stuff that happens. So now we'll play a little bit more freely without the constraints of just playing a linear passage. So, okay, is that a wrong note? Not really, because we can go. Okay, do you hear how I just resolved that right there? Okay, resolution, right? I'm hearing a tension note in my ear, and I'm resolving it. That's how we create great melodies, is tension and resolution. We can play simple ideas, right? simple melodies. We can play stuff that's a little bit more angular and still make resolutions. Right? Now, you may notice that actually a lot of the improvisations I'm doing kind of are around a key center. That would be the key of G. Here I keep resolving there. I could go pretty far away from that. But I'll come back to it. 
That's not necessarily intentional. It's just my ear acclimated to a certain tonal center, and it's finding that it's resolving back. If we really wanted to push the, the limits a little bit and we noticed we were falling into a pattern like this, like we're going to the key of G, we could intentionally try to resolve somewhere else. So. starting to think more about tonal centers and where I'm at. But really, the idea is not to be doing that as much as possible. This is just simply a suggestion if you're finding that your ear keeps going to the same sounds over and over again. Uh, another idea if your ears keep going to the same sounds over and over again is to simply be okay with playing something that you think might be weird, right? So... Right? Okay. <laughs> it's funny, my ear still went to G, which is totally okay. This is a great way to start developing a more melodic sense and allowing your ear to lead the way to different resolution points. A really powerful exercise. It takes away some of the baggage and the stress of playing the chord changes, of playing licks or bebop lines or authentic jazz language, and simply allows you to exercise that muscle that's critical, absolutely critical for improvisation, which is response and resolutions on your instrument, creating great melodies. So I highly recommend um, this week in your practicing, try experimenting with this idea of playing free and see what you kind of come up with. Maybe start your practice sessions with a five minute free playing segment where you get to do this sort of thing and maybe see how that sort of sets the tone for the rest of your practice session and what you do. Give it a shot. All right, my friends, that's all for this fast track Friday episode. It's all for this week's episodes of the learn jazz standards podcast and we have a lot of really good episodes coming up next week a fresh new batch of questions and of course i have some answers so definitely make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts but if i could ask a favor of you if you're on apple podcasts or spotify right now after you're done listening to this episode go ahead and leave a rating and review on the podcast and let others know why you're enjoying listening to this podcast and how it's helped you so far. What that does is it helps when other people see the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They'll see that there's a lot of people that are really enjoying this show and they're more likely to listen to it as well. So if this is a show that you think is worth others listening to, feel free to leave a rating review. That would really help me out. But also, of course, feel free to share it with a friend. You know, Spread the love a little bit and I really do appreciate that. All right, my friends, we're going to be coming out with a set of episodes coming up next week. So make sure you're subscribed and we'll see you back then. Cheers. Hey. 
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.